The world moves pretty fast. One minute you're standing, the next you're dragging. How can you keep up? I'll tell you. I'm Ira Madison III, host of Keep It. Each week, Louis Vertel, Aida Osman, and I do the hard work of exploring the intersection between entertainment, culture, and politics with guests like Billy Porter, Catherine O'Hara, Ronan Farrow, Francesca Ramsey, and more. New episodes of Keep It drop every Wednesday. Listen on Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everyone? I'm Carmelo Anthony. And while you may know me as a basketball player, there's a whole lot more I'm ready to talk about. That's why I started What's in Your Glass, a show where we'll sit down for a glass of wine and a conversation with the biggest names in sports, music, media, and entertainment. Listen and follow What's in Your Glass, a presentation of Cadence 13 and Creative 7 with me, Carmelo Anthony. Now, for free, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Eye on Houston, Houston's community affairs program reflecting the concerns, needs, and events of our greater Houston communities. Hi, good morning, and thank you for joining us this morning. You're listening to Eye on Houston. My name is Elia Escobar, and today we have as guests Ms. Kelly Soika and Ms. Lynn Morstead speaking about the first co-housing residential community in the East End, and we're very excited um, to hear about it because it's an area, um, I am a native Estonian, I grew up in that area, so it's very exciting to see all the changes, and of course, like, it's really, really becoming a very popular area. And I'm glad that people are coming over to visit, to live in, and just kind of, like I mentioned, just continuing to grow in our community. Thank you both for joining us this morning. Thank You're you, welcome. Ellie. Ellie, I want to tell you too, that not only are we the first co-housing in the East End, we are also the first co-housing in Houston, and we are the first co-housing in all of Texas. Wow. So it's particularly notable, I think, that it's uh, it's being built in the East End because it's such a special neighborhood. Absolutely. Actually, Kelly, I was just thinking we could even build on that. We're the first on any state on the Gulf Coast. Like, how about that? We're going to expand our wings. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing to hear. It's like, the you know, normally we don't get very first of many. So this is very exciting. <laughs> right. So tell me a little bit about exactly what, you know, when people are hearing about co-hosting residential community, what does this exactly mean? I'm going to let Kelly start that one out because she's actually lived in co-housing. So okay. she's got the best way of describing it. Thanks, Lynn. Okay, so co-housing is an idea, really. It's a neighborhood where you have a group of people who come together and decide that they want to share the values of connection and sustainability So they come together and they design a neighborhood where you have private homes. So everybody has their own home. This is one of like the big misconceptions out there. Like, do I have to share a fridge? No, you have your (laughs) own home, your own fridge. You know, there are models that do that, but that's not co-housing. So you've got your own home, but your home is situated so that it looks out onto the community. It looks down usually or over a green space where kids can play, where neighbors gather. And then you have this magical thing called the common house. And the common house is additional space where you have room for neighbors to come together and eat dinner regularly. You have community dinners usually like a couple times a week. And then you also have spaces for like hobbies, you know, like your kids can get together and go do some tumbling in one of the rooms, or the adults can have a meditation group if they want and do that in one of the rooms. You have these kind of like additional spaces. So your personal home tends to be a little bit smaller 
because you're going to use this common space as an extension of your own home. And what that brings to you then is that you are often in contact with your neighbors, you know, regularly, not just like waving at them, you know, as you pull your car in or, you know, maybe getting together at the holidays, you're going to see your neighbors all the time and you're going to work together, have meals together. And that just creates a really deep level of relationship in the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, what uh, type of families are you targeting or um, because I know this, uh, this sounds very much like a, like a Gen Z millennial type of concept, because now we're very, <laughs> we're very familiar with co-working spaces where people right. rent a desk and everybody's different company. They come together. So that's what I'm imagining when, uh, when you speak about it. Uh, but what is the target here? The target is anybody between uh, almost born and, and about to and about to phase out the top end. So we actually have a three month old baby in our group uh, with her mothers as all the way up to a couple in their mid 70s. So we're really targeting every everybody. And the reason why is we want the richness that a multi-generational community offers. And that is this sort of uh, longing that a lot, we're addressing this longing that a lot of people have to return to this old neighborhood concept where you know everybody was integrated across uh, different uh, walks of life as well as stages of life and everybody pitched in together. So it's as appealing to somebody in their 20s as it is in their 30s, 40s, 50s at every stage of life there are so many benefits to being connected with people who are different ages. So if you're younger, we have one person in our community who's, who's in his twenties. And he said, one of the great things for me is that I would have normally been terrified about the idea of taking on a mortgage at this stage of my life. But I've got all of these people around me who are serving as real experienced mentors and teachers on how to do this and helping me work through that process. And by the same token, people who are a little bit older might be turning to the 20 something and saying, can you please help me out with this iPhone problem? Goodness me, <laughs> That's I just cannot figure this thing out. So it's everybody kind of coming together and blending all of those different life stages to make our lives bigger and better than there would be if we're all kind of walking in our own path on our own. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that you did mention that I caught was like somebody that is just like in their 20s coming up. What is the cost of, you know, being a part of uh, co-housing? Is, is it an advantage or, <laughs> or, you know, for, for, you know, for a family that's starting out as well as somebody that's a retire that wants to save their money for, you know, maybe travel <laughs> later? Yeah. I mean, co-housing happens at all price points across the country. You know, it definitely, there are rental opportunities in co-housing, you know, as a concept, it really covers a pretty wide range. And it has some interesting kind of economics to it because when you pool your money with other people, sometimes you're able to get things less expensively. So things like utilities or your internet or some co-housing communities even are able to do like car sharing. You know, they buy, they want to have electric cars, but they don't each need an electric car. So they buy one and they have car sharing or things like, you know, not everybody needs to have a juicer. <laughs> Somebody can have a juicer. <laughs> if you want to try a juicer. Yeah, you go borrow it. Right. So there are different economics to it. Um, in our project here in Houston, it is new construction. We are the first. So it comes with new construction price tags, unfortunately. But definitely, as if people are interested in co-housing and they are willing to move, you know, to a different geographic area, they should definitely consider co-housing at different price points because it's really it really enriches people's lives. 
Absolutely. Um, when it's it when it began, uh, what made the East End stand out for this type of community? That's a great question. We were looking at the East End because we really liked the rich history and we liked the real neighborhoody feel. And there's not many places in inside the loop where you can buy a tract of land that size. So we're on 1.5 acres that is in the middle of a neighborhood. You know, you can find those kind of tracts of land, but they tend to be more industrial. And so we're just a little bit east of the Edo kind of post-industrial area. And we really, so, and, and, and also we were very, very lucky to find this piece of land because we're not displacing any other home. There is an eyesore of a bunker kind of a building on this tract of land that had been used for an online church um, recently where they were just like a radio station, I think. And it, um, and in the past, I mean, I think back in the fifties, it had been a, a union worker hall, but it, it, and a bank at one point. So it's been all kinds of things. It's basically just sitting there and the idea of being able to do infill in the city, so close to downtown near um, the light rail. So we're just a couple of blocks off the right light rail. We're like a half a block off of the hike and bike, the Harrisburg hike and bike trail. So it was really what was really appealed to us was all of those factors coming together in the East End. And we looked, I mean, we really scoured the city for two years, seeking all kinds of opportunities inside the loop. And at the end of the day, this really turned out to be the perfect match for we had we had a long criteria. I think we had spreadsheets coming out of our ears with <laughs> criteria and evaluating all of these. And the East End kept showing up time and time again. Um, so there were actually many properties that we looked at in the East End because they were able to hit all these these hot points. And what um, what was the interest um, from the community like when you presented it? What, did everybody jump at it or um, how do they take it? Yeah, I think that, you know, the the interest in the East End is definitely the things that I think resonated the most with people when they saw that property, because it is just like a flat property covered in concrete. So <laughs> it takes a lot of imagination right now to be like, and this is where the garden will be. <laughs> this is where the sidewalks into the community will be. It takes a lot of imagination to see those physical buildings. But the things that I think people really resonated with is this sense of the East End has a lot of equity. A lot of people live in the East End, invest their money in the East End, and stay in the East End, as opposed to other parts of Houston where like developments happen, but it's a developer who comes and goes. And that's not us. We are building something. We are moving into it. We are the neighbors and the neighborhood and we're there for the long haul. We're not taking money out of a space. We're putting money into an area and then being able to enjoy living in that area. And I think that that's the thing that really resonated. Um, I think most of our, our residents are really looking at this. It's not like a starter home. It's not like my home for the next couple of years. They really have a sense of longevity in that neighborhood. That's great. Um, and I assume depending on how this goes, can we see more of these developments throughout out the, the city in Houston? I know we have, you know, we have a ton of suburbs, you know, there's, you know, Katy and Pasadena and all these areas. And so I think this concept is very welcoming. <laughs> um, you know, what, what drew to me is when you mentioned like the community, the common area, because you don't see that anymore, you know, 
honestly, I hardly talk to my neighbor, you know, and I think that's happening everywhere. So this is such a great concept. And now is this a new concept or is it new for us here in the South? (laughs) It's it's actually not a new concept to the U.S. So the um, the two architects that are really deemed to have been responsible for bringing this concept to the U.S. are Katie McCammett and Chuck Durrett. And they were architect students from Berkeley who went to Denmark to do a year abroad and they stumbled across a co-housing community in the neighborhood where they were renting. And the more they learned about it, the more they realized, you know, this is exactly what we want to do when we go back to the States. So they went back to finish their degree. And one of the first things they did as professionals is start a community in the Bay Area. And ever since then, they have been instrumental in launching 50 some communities across the U.S. And it spawned a whole uh, uh, further proliferation of these communities. Like I mentioned, Kelly has lived in community before. She lived in two different places in Colorado. And so there are, I think if you look at a directory of this, you can find those online under uh, a national organization, a nonprofit that kind of stitches all these groups together. It's called cohousing.org. You'll see there's about 200 that have uh, launched and at some points there might be as many as that also in formation. So it's a well-known concept. It just hasn't taken root in Texas yet. You'll find it Uh, In Oklahoma, there's a few, there's New Mexico, Colorado, West Coast, all the states on the West Coast, a lot on the East Coast, as well as uh, Tennessee, the Carolinas, Minnesota, Wisconsin, but somehow we just haven't kind of penetrated this Southern uh, tip of the US yet. So we are indeed hoping, as you suggest, that this would launch further interest. But I think the thing that people don't fully understand when they come from the outside to this concept is we're not, we're not some, you know, company or we're not some sort of developer organization. We are Lynn and Lynn's husband and Kelly and Kelly's husband. Mm -hmm. And then there's Sandra and then there's Jan and then there's Rosemary. And then there's, you know, this long list of people. And we're kind of like a snowball that just keeps gathering momentum and we're growing ourselves until we hit 33 households. And then we will really focus on getting the thing actually physically built and then building out our community agreements. And then we hope uh, to move in and enjoy the fruits of our labor. <laughs> there, there, there are a lot of questions about, oh, come on, you two, you can go on and start another one. And we're like, uh, I, don't know. I need a little vacation. I need to like, I need to sit on my porch and enjoy <laughs> yeah. my community first. Let me enjoy it for a change. <laughs> Once again, if you're just not joining us, we're speaking to with, with Ms. Lynn Morstead and Kelly Soika from Co-Housing Houston um, taking place in the East End. We're super excited. Thank you for joining us today. Now, let me ask you how, how big you said 33 homes um, are, are okay. And are they are, are they in process right now or what is um, where are you at with them? Well, we just had the groundbreaking last Friday. So that's really exciting. Yay. It's a huge, yes. <laughs> it's a watershed moment because leading up to a groundbreaking for anyone who's not a developer out there, like, like we were not before we started this, it, a ton of stuff goes into it. You know, you have to have not only the people, get all the people together so that you've got the group to make the decisions. Um, so once we had enough kind of residents in, we had enough people who were committed to living there, Then we were able to find an architect and we actually found two. One is a co-housing specific architect and the second one is a Houston local architect, English and Associates. 
Um, and actually, Kathleen English, our architect, is uh, planning to live in our community. So awesome. it's really interesting, particularly to have her working on the design yeah. when live live out the you know decisions that we were making. Right. And so you go through that entire design process of what should it look like, how should it be laid out. You have landscaping considerations that have to go into all of that. Then you have kind of the city permitting process. You have all of these different, you know, things that you've got to be um, carrying forward. And so to get to the groundbreaking was just a really exciting moment. The next phase obviously is the construction phase. We're out of design and now it's pour concrete, put up walls. I don't know. I think there are other things involved. I'm not <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> how big, how big are the homes? Could, you know, what's rough, like a rough estimate for those that are listening right now? Yeah, we have one bedroom units to four bedroom units. Okay. And again, housing tends to be on the smaller side because you want to be able to use this 4,000 square foot common house. So the common house itself has two stories. The ground floor has open space for dining. And then the second story has some kind of multi-purpose rooms that we'll be able to use for all sorts of activities. Then we also have a space for a community garden. So we'll be able to produce both food to eat and, um, and just indulge in some fun gardening. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah it's, and it's amazing. Yeah. That you yeah. can do that with your neighbors and the people that you share your space with. Absolutely. The more and more I, I hear about it, I, I love the idea. I think it's 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 a it's very unique and probably it's unique to me because it's new to me. Um, but it's it's really amazing. And so once again, this is located for those that are listening in the East End area. If you're located, if you're familiar, excuse me, with the East End, so give me a little bit of a direction. I'm pretty familiar with the East End. Uh, okay. Where exactly? So if you know the Altic station on the Harrisburg line or yes. Eastwood Park. Okay. So it's Eastwood Park. We're just a couple of blocks north of Eastwood Park. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got That's it. Off, exactly. On the, on the other side of the tracks. Yeah. Wonderful. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, you know, th this, this project is really amazing and I'm glad that it's coming to Houston and that I feel like Houston is really growing out of the box and it's, it's things like this that really make it. I, I just want to say who anybody who's listening and wants to find out more about it, please go to our website, www.cohousinghouston.com and, uh, you know, scout around and see what you can find out. You can meet a lot of our members there under the about section. But if you really want to hear more, come to one of our events. We run events three times a month on Zoom for people who want to step in for an hour and hear something about how we're organized or how they might get more involved. Um, and, and you can always, if you call the phone number that's on the website, you'll get me or sometimes Kelly, if I'm out of town. So we'll be the ones who will pick up the phone and talk to you directly and answer any of your questions. What, um, really quickly, like what is the most common questions that people have when it comes to co-housing? We get all kinds of questions. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 how will I walk my dog? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's really because it's people's personal lives, you know, it's actually very personal questions that people ask about how things would fit in in their personal lives. Right. I know, Lynn, do you have like a number one that you Well, I, I I don't know if there's a number one, but I think Kelly's absolutely right. All the questions are really incredibly personal. So it'd be things like what if I don't like the food if we have a common meal? Or what if I don't like my neighbor? Or what <laughs> if I don't get along? Or uh -huh. people don't like me? What if people don't like me? <laughs> and I think the thing that we always try and reassure people with is this, this is not a real estate decision. This is a community decision. So you're making a decision 
a decision about your neighbors. And then all these kind of physical attribute questions, they come later. And when you're making a decision about neighbors, you're working out your fellowship before you move in together so that you know you're, you're you know, it's like getting married in a way, although not as intense. <laughs> Let me just back off from that. But, you know, there is this, you know, you know that you're going to have little things to work out, but you're committed to the overall objective of community and not living in isolation. And that's what you're focusing on. So that's amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, speaking with Ms. Lynn and Ms. Kelly from Co-Housing Houston, as she mentioned, all the information on the website, www.cohousinghouston.com. And a phone number is in there. If you have a personal question, <laughs> they're happy to answer it. And so thank you so much. Uh, you know, I'm so excited that you're bringing this concept concept to Houston. It is really incredible. And I'm, you know, I'm really proud that Houston is growing this way. Um, and uh, coming together, you know, more than anything as a community that, you know, that's really amazing. Thank you both for joining us today. Thank you. For more information, once again, is cohousinghouston.com. My name is Elias Escobar, and you're listening to Ion Houston. Have a great day. New moms, did you know your birth control pill can be estrogen-free and convenient? Say hello to Slind, over 98% effective with a flexible window to catch up on a missed pill, and fits into your life now when you're breastfeeding and even after. Don't take Slind if you have kidney, liver, or adrenal problems, cervical cancer, or hormone-sensitive cancer, or unexplained vaginal bleeding. Before taking Slind, tell your doctor if you may be pregnant or have had blood clots, stroke, heart attack, high potassium in your blood, diabetes, or depression, which can lead to serious side effects. Talk to your doctor or visit slind.com. Whether you're a seasoned investor like me or new to the game, it's time to sit down, roll up your sleeves, and find out new ways of making money. Subscribe to WBBM's new podcast, Gains with Andy Gersher, where I talk to experts from all over the country to get fresh perspectives on meme stocks, cryptocurrencies, AI, and so much more. Subscribe to Gains with Andy Gersher on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How's your mental health? I'm listening with Dr. Christine Moutier. We do have so much work to do in preventing suicide, and we all have a role to play. It's something that we can learn about. We can find safe ways to get support and to really deepen our own knowledge of how do we turn that idea that mental health is just like our physical health. Those are all things that I think a lot of people are kind of on that learning journey with right now. Explore more at imlistening.org.